0: Welcome to the Balanced Ambition podcast. I'm your host, Matt Southam. Here, we delve into candid conversations with entrepreneurs, exploring both their business journey and their secrets to maintaining mental well-being. As we navigate the balance of ambition and inner peace, I hope you find insights, inspiration, and invaluable takeaways in every episode. Thank you for joining us. Hi, David. Welcome to the show. I want to kick off by just asking you what was the reason that you started your business? And explain what it is that you do. All
1: right. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Um, so Staple is a clothing brand which specializes in wardrobe staples. And what we do is we take everyday essentials, so t-shirts, sweaters, shirts, and we re-engineer them, redesign them. We focus on the quality and the fit, um, the fabric of the of each product, as well as the ethical sourcing side of it. So what we do, what we've done is created one capsule collection of ethical basics, which have been made from world-class fabrics and tailored expertly by our tailor. um, He trained on Savile Row and he's designed our collection. And the last thing is that we price our products successively so that people can afford to buy into slow fashion as opposed to being priced out of it, which is what happens now. So we believe that nobody should have to choose between paying the rent or shopping an ethical brand and so we figured that it's quite difficult to find that on the market so we are going to create that for the market
0: and you know talk me through i've seen you uh, say saying saying make everyday exceptional and i guess you know you're talking about everyday items that we we all wear constantly um and what do other brands just almost dismiss that and uh, just don't have that that quality that you're striving for
1: so it's not that it's not that other brands dismiss that, it's that their focus is on other product lines. So okay. the staples kind of get forgotten or left out or become a, kind of like an afterthought. So it's not that they don't it's not that they don't care about them, it's that it's not their focus. So when we say make everyday exceptional, it's about taking the everyday items and actually focusing on the everyday. So that's why we use the fabrics, the tailor, and we create a collection. Because the everyday aspect is that they're with us every day and they're what we wear most often, as opposed to those big ticket items, which are worn maybe once every three weeks. So it's about just making every day exceptional as opposed to having a slightly worse day because in a month, something good might happen. Yeah. So that's why we say make every day exceptional.
0: Yeah. And I guess, um, you know, as as a business owner, actually, while you're talking uh, about clothing and you're looking after those everyday bits, actually within business, it's it's very easy to get caught up on some massive sort of things. But actually, yeah. sometimes the daily tasks are the most most important. Does that sort of analogy fit with you?
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, it's about just keeping focused on what's important all the time. And for us, that is how clothes are made, what they're made from and who makes them. And how they're treated. So um, it's very easy, like you said, in business to just focus on that big project, and then you get to the end of the week and you've got loads of small things coming up. You have to play a bit of whack and roll as opposed to having one clear run at um, yeah at work. So it applies to business as well. It applies everywhere. That's the beauty of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Take me right back then. So when did you first become a business owner? When did when did that entrepreneurial spirit come through?
1: So, first business was in 2014. Um, we had a con—I had a construction services agency um, till about 2018. And what we did was we um, we spoke to builders and suppliers, and so, and the builder would call us, and we would arrange the, the logistics and the delivery of everything on site. So, instead of the builder calling direct to the supplier, they would call to me.
0: Okay, yeah, and then you'd you'd arrange it. So, what was the reason that came to to an end, and you moved on to something else?
1: Uh, Brexit made that time period quite tough because a lot yeah. of the builders went home, and suppliers really got um, affected quite negatively. So, they, it was a, it's a credit based business, and they were much harsher on credit controls. and It was quite difficult to grow, and then a lot of builders um, just kind of they left the UK. So. It was just like the market became much more difficult, and uh, it was just time. Sometimes it was just time to wind it down, so we just took that decision to wind it down at that time.
0: Yeah, and then with Staples, the next venture, then sort of shortly after that.
1: Yeah, so Staples started about a month after that. Uh, okay, so straight started- straight in. <laughs> no waiting around, <laughs> um, because especially with fashion, with a clothing brand, the planning stage does take a long time because of how it works with ordering samples of what you're selling plus actually creating the brand. Um, everything takes quite a while. So it wasn't like for a month after we made our first sale, but that was when the planning started to start.
0: Yeah. I often ask these people who have got sort of, you know, launching something that's an e-com or a product base. What, what did it feel like that first sale?
1: Oh, it feels amazing because it's just so much hard work goes behind the scenes um it's kind of like um i don't explain it you know you have um, in the sea you have mountains that stick out the top you only see the top but you don't see yep. you don't see the bottom and it's quite there's quite a lot underneath the surface so i'd say it's uh, exactly like that so just having all that hard work even though it looks like just a t-shirt and it's just a sale but having all that work come to fruition is really nice it's a really accomplished yeah. feeling.
0: And what was that journey like between that sort of initial idea, of, right? This is what we're going to do to actually getting those products ready and and ready for sale. Was it fairly smooth sailing or were there a few hiccups along the way?
1: Um, so originally I had a recommendation from a friend to use a manufacturer based in Los Angeles. And from the beginning, we decided to go down the slow fashion, ethical route because it was important to us. And so we, I spoke to the guy who is in charge of the factory and he told us about the fabrics amazing, the factory, yeah, we only employ uh, people who are fairly paid and you can hit all tick all those and We're like, great. So for the first six to 12 months, the whole plan was based around working with a manufacturer from Los Angeles. And that was going into all of our business plan, into our brand and it was that Los Angeles was the focus. It's quite yeah. a cool city. It's got a, nice, got a nice ring to it. And also it's got quality products there as well. And so then I went to visit the factory just before to put in the product order because I just wanted to see it. And we got there and it was completely not what he had told us it was. Um, so he had no facility there. The garments were going to be sewed in Mexico. Um, just various different things. The sample he showed me felt like, you know when you have the outside of a bandage, that feeling. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there
1: was supposed to be cotton, which is just like, it's like the top level of cotton. So it's soft. It's amazing. It feels silky smooth. And his felt like a bandage. So I said, um, what's going on here? And he goes, no, no, it's just, it needs to be dyed. I'm going to dye it for you. Come back tomorrow. So we came back tomorrow, <laughs> the next day. And he handed me a t-shirt that just smelled gas, like gasoline. Uh, and it just nothing is what nothing was right, the production, the fabric, the style, everything. So we had to completely scrap that part of our journey. So it's like quite a long. It was like we were this close to putting in a product order. It was yeah. quite a long road, and then we had to kind of go back to the drawing board and take, go find a new supplier, start again, and that obviously, um, that was a bit of a hiccup and yeah. then well,
0: also, I mean, how did that feel at that, that time? Because also you're away from home and yeah, you know, and you're quite a long way from home. And I, I, sometimes find that issues can almost seem bigger when suddenly you're in a different area, different environment. And you suddenly like everything I've put in over the last sort of 12 months, ah, oh. <laughs> how did that feel? Um,
1: well, luckily I have three excellent partners and so that's why I say to people the value of a good partnership is so integral to a business because we kind of saw it as like uh between the four of us I was quite despondent and I was like what are we gonna do and then other three we like we'll just go find another supplier um we'll just do the same thing again we've not given the guy any money it's a learning curve now we know what to look for who to speak to uh, we've learned a lot so Sometimes the lesson itself is actually worth it. So Mm. you could go to to university for 10 years and never learn that lesson. So for a cost of an airline flight to Los Angeles, which isn't a terrible place to be stuck anyway. (laughs) um, (laughs) The cost of an airline flight to Los Angeles was a lesson well learned. And having three partners as well with a very clear and operate very well. Uh, meant that we didn't then rush into the next thing because we had to hit a deadline it's like okay we'll go work on something else until the product's ready so yeah. it was a hiccup but it's like i said it's all about how you deal with hiccups that actually make it into a big issue or a small issue
0: yeah a lot of the time it's is reframing the problem isn't it like say you know maybe at first i was like oh no what are we gonna do but actually it's okay we're just gonna get another supplier um and while yeah, it's are just- starting a, a process again actually it was much better you learned then than before yeah, or yeah, then yeah. after placing a massive order.
1: Exactly. And then that also taught me the value of going to a trade show and just meeting the people you're actually going to be dealing with before you have these conversations and don't allow people to lead you down the road because they're going to get paid. And it's another thing that I learned. So yeah. he's very enthusiastic about me putting in an order, whereas at the beginning I was quite new to the whole game. I thought, oh, he really wants us to succeed. But in actual fact, he just wants us to pay it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, understanding how to navigate through that sort of issue is also really valuable, I found. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, any any hiccup as we, we've referred to it there, as long as you learn something from it, actually, that's that's part of business.
1: Exactly. I just believe that there's no, there's nothing, nothing is good and nothing is bad until the whole thing's played out.
0: Yeah, so, I like that. Eric. Yeah, and you obviously I mean, you say the whole thing's played out, that, that process from, from start to finish. So eventually you did find another supplier. So talk, talk me through that, that journey.
1: Okay, so I figured that the best way to go and find the product is actually going to find the product um, and not just Googling it and calling people up. Um, because Google's amazing for information about what you need. But for different things, it's not that great. So I went to a trade show and Caribbean Pima cotton is the best type of Pima cotton. So Pima cotton's like, you know you have Egyptian cotton? Yeah. So it's all to do with the length of the fibers. So ELS is extra long staple cotton, basically. Okay. That's what it means. So the longer the fibers, the more resilient, softer, the longer it lasts and just the more um the more quality you'll feel in the actual product so you know when you go and buy a t-shirt it says 100 percent cotton and yep. it's it doesn't exactly work as cotton should and you're like it's 100 percent cotton <laughs> that's just because that's just because there's a scale and pima cotton is at the top of the cotton scale and okay. peruvian peruvian pima cotton is the best because the growing conditions in peru are the best for that type of cotton so, um, I spoke to a few fabric specialists, and they just said to me, "Go look for Peruvian pima." So I just went to a trade show um, with with um, a list of Peruvian. And I was just like, "I need to find Peruvian pima." And yeah. I met a guy at the trade show called Juan, who, you know, when you see something and you are like, "Bang, that's it."
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So that's what happened. I walked around the corner. I just saw he had a T shirt hanging. I was like, okay, cool, that's the t-shirt we need. And so then when I touched it and engaged with it, I really felt the quality. And meeting him face-to-face also enabled me to establish a connection with him and also understand him as a person, whether he was going to be, like, first guy, whether he was going to be, like, um, the person I was actually looking for. And thankfully, it was awesome to be. So, um we got ordering samples with him, and then after about four or five samples, we were happy with the fit of the t-shirt, and we were happy with his production because his factory is is RAP certified, which basically just means that he's using responsible labor practices. People are being paid fairly. There's progression within the within the company as well for people, so they can start working in the factory, and then they have, they provide English lessons for people who work there two or three times a week. So they can progress and then leave that world and go just level up if they want to. Yeah. And it's... so I was like, I've been burnt once by a guy who told me this stuff about this factory. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, well, we, I need to go see it. So I booked a two-week trip to Peru with my brother and we went and visited the factory. And when we were happy with what we saw and how it was operating, then we put the product order in. Nice.
0: So I'm sort of sensing here, you know, you've been really um, focused actually on ensuring that the, the quality um, matches exactly what you're saying. So almost like yeah, you know, yeah. You know, my background in marketing and I always say about marketing messaging, but actually then yeah. every touch point is re- meeting what your messaging is. You're saying you're ethical. You're saying that it's the highest quality and it's not just enough for you to say that. You have actually gone out and ensured that it is the best quality, that there are ethical practices and that all of that's coming. So that's sort of like a real, I guess, attention to detail. And does that, was that one of your aims that the business should have that?
1: Our aim is to be authentic because in a world that we live in today, authenticity is quite hard to come by. Mm. And the way we want to differentiate ourselves from other brands is that we're actually an authentic brand and what we say is factual and yeah. it comes back to the fact that what we're trying to do is provide a brand for people that just want to look good and feel good without yeah. having to without having to waste too much time into digging into it just because they don't have enough time. So it's like I've got a really busy day. I don't need to choose between the three different prints on my t-shirt. I just want something that's nice or look good. And the main thing is it will last as well. So people will buy it and it will last again and again and again and again and again. And yeah, that authenticity is something we're really trying to project because um, I feel that's what's missing in fashion, especially. Yeah.
0: And how do you find how are you finding running a, a business? I mean, a, a, it is a fairly sort of you know startup type business in what is a competitive yeah. market. Certainly competing with you know the the, the fast fashion industry. That's not your yeah. competition, but of course people you're selling to have probably had that experience in in the past. So how how do yep. you find operating in that space?
1: So it's definitely competitive, that's for sure. Um but the other but one of the things that I like about the competitiveness is it just forces us to be better. So mm. it's not like the it's not like we can just turn up, say we've got this and expect the whole world to buy our stuff. Because that's just not how it works. But no. I like, however, I like that the competition kind of brings out the good sides in our brand and we yeah. learn a lot whilst it's. And business is also about learning as well, I find. So it's about meeting interesting people and just as you go and you put more and more time into it, just meeting people from all different ways of life, all different cultures, getting to understand. <laughs> getting to understand how things work. When we write blog posts, we look into the history of the garments as well. It's just yeah. really nice to learn about the history of what we're doing as well as um, the, more, the contemporary styles that we're creating and bringing to the market. And it's also finding out what people like, what people don't like and um, providing people with a bit more than just a clothing brand as well. It's about providing people with that positivity because you also never know how far a positive word can go on a, or a, or an email with something a bit informative on it that people will like and, well, oh, nice, no, cool. And you can really elevate people's gaze through that. And um, as much as I enjoy that side of it as well as the clothing side of it, because as a fashion brand, you kind of have scope to really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You can put out information on all different sorts of things whilst it still stays on brand. So I really like that part of it as well. I yeah, I, really I get,
0: you said something there, you know, you never know what that sort of positive word and how far it's going to travel and things like that. And actually, you're, you're, you're right there, you know, down to the garments we wear can make such a big difference to almost Future. how our day is. You know,
1: exactly. And being able, to, being able to provide that experience for people is something that really speaks to me and the other fans yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know.
0: If if we feel comfortable in ourselves, and I don't just mean within our skin, but actually what what will we wear is often an expression of us, and and if we can feel comfortable, then we're much more likely to be the true self, our, our true self, and and therefore I think you just work better, you perform better, whether you you know work for yourself or working for for someone. I think the more comfortable we feel in ourselves, that the happier and better we perform.
1: Yeah, exactly. Ned on the head. <laughs> and then another thing we had was that we our range at the beginning was just t-shirts because looking for an ethical supplier just takes a long time, and COVID yep. happened, um, and changed everything. So we recently added Oxford shirts and then these sweaters as well to our to our range, and so it's nice to have winter products for this winter. Yeah, um, because so. selling, selling t-shirts in the UK in the winter is not it's not everyone's top of everyone's Google search list so no um,
0: no <laughs> no they're just lively. they're just a, a layer that's hidden aren't they often um so yeah adding those other... you said that uh, covid changed everything talk me through that why why was that
1: um so s- with the factories the because we only use a specific factory because um their quality is so good and so yeah. nice so we only use a specific tank factory for our sweaters and t-shirts because they don't, they don't make Oxford shirts. So Oxford shirts is from somewhere else. Um, but the sweaters that we saw before COVID and we had set on were made from a specific fabric. Once COVID hit, they were unable to source that fabric that we'd started with. Oh. And so um, that kind of extended to the shirts as well, because we use an Italian manufacturer, but they had the same problems. It was kind of like a global in the global wide shared mm. issue by everyone that because there were slowdowns in production in different countries, uh, it was difficult to, it was difficult to get that supply for the fabric. And then yeah. factories are like everyone else, they're going to go, their biggest client is going to get so fast. So as yeah. a startup, as a startup, you're always going to be put to the bottom of the production list because yeah. they just have, they just have a finite amount of resources, um, but luckily the factory that we work with, they're just really they're really accommodating and they really value us. So um luckily they put us in the middle. So we were still able to get the sweaters, but not it took a bit longer. Um and so other products, other factories are not gonna put us on that list. So they give us much longer lead times to get new products. Yeah.
0: What so you know, you, you've gone through quite the journey here from you know your initial supplier not, not actually being up to scratch through to now actually adding other products. What what do you wish you'd known at the start when you, when you were setting out that you'd know now about the industry or about business?
1: Um, what is one thing I would have known about from the start that it's just the importance of distribution and how important your distribution channels are. Um, how important they are. I I know it sounds quite obvious, but sometimes it's best to have your distribution channels set up and then activate your product order as opposed to the other way around, because then, you know, you're, let's say, ordering a hundred to go here, 200 to go there. Um, So that's one of the things that I would have become a bit more knowledgeable in before we started, but I don't think, I don't think we would have done much differently, I would say. I think by no. operate, because we're quite calculated and how we operate is quite structured. Everything's always looked at with a few different eyes and we take people's opinions into account, and then we make the move because yeah. within fashion, it's so easy to lose so much money. Like it's mm-hmm. really easy. Um, there's a lot of sharks out there that if they see you coming is a bit of like, um, if you're slightly inexperienced, they will take advantage of that. Yeah. So, my to anyone would be, if you're going to do something um, like this, like Staple, just do it really slowly and allow anyone's <clears throat> opinion to influence how quickly you get. No. Do, do it people, in your own time. Yeah. A lot of people will tell you, you have to do this. You have to give a thousand different things to a thousand different influencers. And What do you mean you're doing this and all this sort of um, talk that you hear from people? And usually they mean well as well. They just don't really understand how the industry works. So Mm -hmm. I would say just move slowly at your own time because it's your money that is being invested, no one else's.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a really good way to sort of focus the mind on, you know, staying true to what you're trying to achieve when actually you've got a financial sort of commitment to it. So between you and the funders, between you and your, your founders and your your colleagues, is is that how you funded the business? You, between you, you all, all jumped in.
1: Yeah, we all jumped in and we've got like a small investment at the beginning, Um, but in terms of the, in the future, for the terms of future investment, um, we do enjoy bootstrapping and Mm. the advice I was given, which I really like is that you just bootstrap until the day that you can no longer possibly bootstrap because then (laughs) you understand, you understand your processes better. The more more time you spend bootstrapping, the more you understand how to spend money, uh, which is a really important part of it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's like you'll get emails every day. Each person will tell you why their thing is the most important way to spend your money. So, oh, do you work with email? This is only this amount of money. Or do you work with TikTok? Or do you work with YouTube? Or do you work with Instagram ads or Facebook ads? So it's just about not getting carried away with that, just doing as much stuff as you can on your own. And then once you've done that, Once you've got your processes built properly, then go and look for funding. uh, Do like a friends and family round or something. But Yeah, well, I always say to people, there's a lot to get for uh, looking for investment. Yeah, try and try and do
0: as much as you can. And Bootstrapping, I I agree, I think can be particularly important to, you know, really understanding your business and, uh, you know, going through that process. I think actually, you know, why it can be challenging at times actually i think in the long term it's probably the the more authentic and better way to do it
1: yeah i think you build a, more, a really rock solid foundation when you do it that way yeah
0: yeah so just the the podcast called balanced ambition and you know clearly you've you've been ambitious from the start you've you've you yeah, been ethical but you've taken this process through from idea through to actually launching a brand and uh, you know developing several different products what do you do outside of business how how do you stop it being all consuming because i'm very aware you know certainly that first year it's easy just the only thing you think about is, is is work and business what do you do to try and escape that and and just have a bit of your own time
1: i like to i like to relax with or chit out with people who don't talk about business.
0: Okay. I, find it's really,
1: <laughs> I, find, I find it's really healthy to retain a core cool group of friends that aren't in any way related to your business life. So you don't work mm. with them, don't raise money from them. You do nothing business related with them. And then when you go and you see each other, you have a real release of just like, uh, it's a real way to relax. And I find yeah. that just assigning some time to just not to not worry or not think or not do anything business related is just how you can get you can achieve a lot whilst you're at work because we've all got brains and everyone's brain has a limit of how much they can think about something and the more you push that if you get to the end line you just burn out and you can't really focus and if you lose focus. Then after about a week or two, suddenly there's a lot of fires to put out. So for me, it's just about finding those people that you can just relax with, have a good time with, nothing business related with. No one's gonna think better of you for more sales or worse of you for not making any sales. And you can just go and enjoy yourself and just make sure to have to have fun, like clean fun. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. not too many crazy nights out because you've had such a you've had such a long week I need to release the stress you know just take it easy that's what I would say yeah, yeah I find it easy
0: I really like that having a having a group of friends who actually uh, completely disconnected from the business and when i say they don't care you almost deliberately want them not to care this isn't about about work or the business you just want to be mates like you were in the playground at, at school and it's just yeah, yeah easy hanging no no other worries no yeah. no stress take me back to those easy days
1: exactly and then it's it's i think it's important to also a certain not to it's also important to not necessarily go out on like a heavy, really heavy night out, because the next day you're in a bit of a funk. Whereas when you have good, when you have good, clean fun with your friends, and you come back, and the next day it's just easy to keep going. So I would yeah. say that running a business means you have to take a bit more responsibility, just in general, across the board, and not push things too hard in too many places. But it's about having good. It's just about taking it easy, having good fun. And enjoying yeah. enjoying the process, I would say. Enjoy
0: enjoying the process. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it because business is a it's a journey, isn't it?
1: Yeah, there's going to be a good days. There's going to be bad days, and you just that's what you signed up for. Yeah,
0: what do you, how do you deal with those bad days? Because I, I was so, often told, I was often told. Sorry for interrupting. Like the highs are higher, yeah. but the lows are lower. And um, often, yeah, when running your own business, and and I think that can be quite true. So t- take me through a day that has been a a bad day, and and how do you get back into that frame of mind to actually be able to have a good day again?
1: Um, in my opinion, the best way to to get over a bad day is to really um, is to really internalize the bad day, but not in like uh not in like a depressing. Um uh, not like a depressing kind of way. Um but I just mean if something if something bad has happened, don't just decide to push it off and go out and have a release of stress or do something that is just in the moment. Just accept it, internalize it. And as as like I said, nothing's good or bad until it's played out. So you could have had mm-hmm. you could have had a massive high, which you think is a high, but then three days later it's turned out that actually it wasn't such a high or you could mm-hmm. have a bad day that like when you, you just look at it, understand that the situation's not played out, learn from it, value it. And just, if you can, if it's something you did, then try and not do it again. And if yeah. it's something that you not it's something that you couldn't avoid happening to you, then just be positive about it and just put a smile on. Everything's different with a smile. Just smile about yeah. it try and find something funny. Just try and find something funny about it or call up a friend and just shout on the phone for five, 10 minutes about it. And you'll find that after five, 10 minutes of you ranting about it on the phone, that actually it's not that bad. And no. the Most important thing for me is staying healthy, staying positive. And for me, that's what I, that's how I get through bad moments. Just, yeah. Staying positive, it's not that bad, and that's it. Tomorrow's a new day, and if you need to, go to bed, <laughs> go to bed all
0: Yeah. There's that saying, isn't there, that, you know, it'll be okay in the end, and if it's not okay, then it's not the end.
1: And, yeah, you exactly. know, I think that I'm going to say that, sometimes that's Sometimes it's about looking at yourself and understanding why it didn't get right, because chances are it's something you did. And if you can fix that, then that's, like, you feel quite positive more positive about the situation because you're doing something about it yeah Um, yeah any bad day i've had or any bad thing i've had if i've really looked at the situation and understood where i messed up i usually find somewhere that like okay cool this didn't just happen
0: no so you can then internalize that work out what you could do differently in the future and and learn from it which is all we can really do
1: you have to be honest with yourself because you, know, you don't have to be honest with yourself to other people, but you have to be honest with yourself sometimes and just understand where your limitations are. You can't do everything. You're not going to, you know, we're all limited. We're all human. And yeah. if your limitations have got in the way of something, well, then that's, well, what did you expect? You know, it's not your fault. It's just you're limited.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. You know, but at least it. once you know that, then you can you can deal with it. But I think if if you're blocking it out and you're not truthful to yourself, um, then that problem might keep reoccurring. Whereas if you were truthful and said, actually, it's because I keep doing this, whatever that thing is, that's, yeah, you learn it. And actually, okay, how do we solve that? Right. I need to get someone else in to do it, or I'm not going to go down that path or whatever it is to ensure that that problem doesn't keep rearing its head. I love that.
1: Also, Also, it's nice when you see how your business is making you develop better parts of your character as well, which also adds to like the positivity that you feel. When you're like, when you do something and then it's six months later and you realize you never do that thing anymore and you're just a much, you're just like a much better person around people or to fab or whatever, as well, that gives you a nice kick to keep you going because you're like, okay, cool. This is really, um, really beneficial to my life. Yeah. Because honestly that's, that's what we're all here for on but is to do something beneficial with our times
0: yeah completely i i love that that it actually the learnings you get for running a business aren't just about business they're actually about yourself and you learn yeah, quite yeah. a lot about you, yourself and if you can then become a better person in in general within the world because we're all just here just to yeah as i muddle through we're, we're here just to you know be, be on our so journey well, yeah. yeah and uh, actually if you can learn some stuff that's fantastic yeah, exactly. So, thank you so much for joining me today. I want to finish off just with a, a, a short question of, um, and you did briefly cover this earlier, but what one bit of advice would you give to someone who is thinking of starting a business?
1: The one, the one piece of advice I'd give to someone starting a business, make sure that it's something you like doing. Mm. Because if it's not something that you like doing, then there's always going to be bad days. And if you really don't like doing it, then the bad days days are even worse. And that is just not a way to live. Uh, and yep. Thank you very I'd also much. Say, I'd also say not to get too emotionally devol- involved in your business, because then um, the less emotionally involved you are, the more clear your decisions can be yeah
0: fantastic advice I really enjoy it. well I've really enjoyed our conversation today thank you for joining me yeah. um, it's been no, an absolute pleasure to have me. you on the show uh, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Balance ambition podcast I genuinely hope the stories inspire you as much as they inspire me if you found value in today's conversation please share it with a friend And remember, by subscribing, you won't miss an episode and it would truly mean the world to me. Stay balanced and I'll see you next time.